For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, this time, even, I'm your hunk. I'm Doge, and this time around the sun... I know you don't like to talk about your life, but a guy with a freaking chunk for an arm just chopped our bus in half. And I'm Carter, and welcome to the chunkus. <laughs> that sounds medical. It does. <laughs> like you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> Sorry, Carter, you have chunkus. I hate, I hate that you, you're so young. The chunkus among us. In, inoperable chunkus. <laughs> Jordan, why are you the hunkus, though? Well, this, this is such a good, good time. <laughs> So, listen, um, you guys have been hyping this up so much. We didn't see this movie together and something happened at your showing and you're hyping it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, we had tickets to go see Shang-Chi. Oops. I mean, mm-hmm. a movie that we're going to talk about. And uh, Callie couldn't go. She did get sick. It's not the bad one. Just it's the not the bad sick. It's just regular, regular sick. sick. It's it, chunkus. She, she has adult strep throat, which she got from uh, licking a lot of toddlers, I guess. I don't oh, know. She put I her assume. whole mouth on the water fountain at work, huh? <laughs> yeah. Ew. She keeps doing that. I keep telling her to stop. but uh, So she could not go see the movie. She felt fine, but just to be safe by that point, we were like, let's not let you go. But it was our first movie back at Alamo Draft House. It was a beautiful experience. Beautiful. Carter teared up and I was touched. It was <laughs> wonderful. Um, but she was like, so looking forward to the truffle popcorn, as was anyone who likes popcorn. I, I kept thinking about <laughs> Alamo's truffle popcorn while I was reading, eating my, my regular Your plebeian popcorn. popcorn. Yeah. Ugh, whatever. So gross. So I asked, um, I asked our waiter at Alamo before the movie started. I was like, hey, listen, my wife really wanted to come. She can't. Um, is there any way that I can order truffle popcorn to go like at the end of the movie to take some to my wife. And he was like, yeah, man, just when I bring the checks, like write me one of the notes to remind me and we'll make it happen. I was like, sweet. So it's not to go popcorn. It's not really something they normally do, but he was willing to hook it up. (laughs) What I was not expecting was when he brought the truffle popcorn to me, my dude brought me a straight up literal trash bag. So much <laughs> popcorn. Full. Amazing. Of truffle popcorn. <laughs> Chelsea reacted. Like the movie's going on and the popcorn bag comes in front of us. And I was shocked too because it just looked like they were handing him a baby. Dude, like a child. If I had brought a backpack like a to this movie, I would not be able to fit the popcorn into the backpack. Unbelievable. It is still, she has had truffle popcorn <laughs> like probably five times since Thursday night. There is still a mostly full trash bag of popcorn just sitting in our oven. That's amazing. We had no other place to put it, so it's just sitting in our oven. <laughs> 
and the movie ends and we're all walking out. <laughs> but here's this dude who looks like he just basically took the trash out of one of the containers. It's <laughs> just walking out with a giant trash bag Look, of popcorn. I'm, I'm not a person that particularly <laughs> is bothered by the stares of strangers. I got some looks walking out of that movie theater <laughs> that made me feel uncomfy. <laughs> it was weird, man. But also, that's incredible. So awesome. And just a total testament to why I love Alamo. Cause I was like, my wife wants popcorn. And they were like, don't even say another word, my man. <laughs> because we I got do you. have you. We got so, you. So Where much did you, popcorn. What theater did you see Shang-Chi at? I saw it at a Doge. theater called Synergy. Uh, it's it's here in Amarillo. Nobody's ever nobody that is that is in our family has ever been to it. So we, it, it's like one of the nicer ones, big yeah. screen, reclining chairs, all that stuff. We got there, um, and we're like, this is really big for a theater. So we walk inside, and this place has full on Dave and Buster's arcade, like tons and tons of games right in the very middle. That's cool. Back room off to the right is laser tag. Back room mm-hmm. off to the left is bowling. bowling. Yeah. There are two different bars and an escape room and movie theaters at this place. Wow. It is like your one-stop entertainment shop. You Holy never have moly. to go anywhere else to do anything Welcome fun to here. the future. That's it's, pretty cool. It was a lot. There was a lot going on. There was a whole lot going wow. on. And counting the four of us that were there, there were five people in the entire building wearing a mask. So feeling very safe, very comfy, really trusting in my vaccine. Yeah. After that showing last night. Yeah. Your vaccine's like, lean on me. Yeah, I got it. When you're- <laughs> My vaccine's like, I can't carry it, Mr. Doge, but I can carry you and carry me <laughs> like out of the theater. Yeah, it was great. That's so beautiful. Goodness. So beautiful. I'm sorry. Well, you know what? The important thing here, <laughs> of course, is not yeah. uh, safety or public health or anything like that. It is no. the fact that we all saw this movie, finally. Um, and uh, that movie is, of course, known as Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Boy, that one felt like, that felt like blowing a bubble in molasses. Yeah. So like the uh, <laughs> slow, the Vin Diesel uh, mass. <laughs> what, what did we call that? It was like a whole bunch of Vin Diesel. Oh, the Vinfinity. Uh, at our Christmas party. Vinfinity. Yes. Vinfinity at our Christmas party. That's exactly <laughs> what it sounded like. I think it went well. I think it went really well. I think it went sure. so well, in fact, that I'm going to need a synopsis right now. This synopsis comes to us this week, uh, fully formed from the head of Zeus, like its big sister, Athena. Athena's purpose is to bring wisdom to the old country. And to give and- boons to Zagreus so that he mm-hmm. might attempt to escape the underworld. Certainly. <laughs> Shang-Chi, the master of unarmed weaponry-based kung fu, is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the Ten Rings organization. And then there's a sponsored ad for USAA auto insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I don't think that's part of it. I don't remember that. That could have been the other post-credit scene. Oh, man. Yeah, don't read that ad. We don't want to give them. They can pay us if they want. (laughs) Um, It felt... We saw Black Widow, obviously. Sure, yeah. This felt like Marvel's back. It really did. Black Widow, like... Well, it was, it's, a, it's a literal move forward, right? We're not going that's, back. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't mean like yeah. Black Widow. I'm not saying Black Widow sucked and this one was finally good. I just mean like this one felt like it's like, okay, it matters again. Right. Yeah. Well, it's something new. Right. You know, I think, I think that's to me where Marvel does best is showing me things that I have never, ever seen before. 
and I'm going to get it right out of the way right now. My super pump is the choreography of all of the unarmed kung fu. Like the beginning stuff, I think the beginning stuff like the bus sequence is some of the best like choreography I've ever seen in a movie. That's phenomenal. And even our, our more traditional like wire kung fu that we have at the very beginning when Win Wu and I don't remember Shang-Chi's mother's name. Uh, when they're like fighting in that forest glade. Yeah. Man, it was incredible. It's, it's gorgeous. I've never seen something that's that kinetic and visceral while also yeah. clearly paying respect to the decades of kung fu movies that have come before. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really, really great. I have a very similar super pump. So I'm going to go ahead and show 50% of my cards here Ooh. and say that I too was very, very much enamored by the choreography. It was so fun. I mean, most of yeah. the time, my eyes were wide open and my mouth was wide open that I just couldn't believe what was happening. You know, it's funny. One of the trivia for this movie is like, this movie, uh, the choreography was influenced by, and then it just names everything. Like, uh, yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Sure. Jackie Every Chan movies, movie. All that kind yeah. of stuff. It's like, with that though, with having seen a library of, and in really enjoying choreography like that and fighting like that to have something that felt 90% like I've never seen before like brand new yeah. things that were happening and the way they were shooting it was just phenomenal it felt like Shang-Chi and especially we'll get to the like actual otherworldly part of this movie but it felt like this was such a perfect start to a new phase of like moving forward taking us just taking us into a world that we've never seen before with just a really Completely different with some similar vibes. I, I thought it was just a great start. Um, my super pump was almost the fight choreography. Er, er, let me rephrase mm. that. Leaving the theater, my super pump was definitely the fight choreography. Uh, reflecting on it, I have a different one now. Um, but man, the fight choreography is so, so good. cool. And I so want to cool, talk right? specifically about the bus scene, which is there was, I do that thing, and thankfully Carter also does that thing. I could feel Adam's excitement from my right, but Carter and I were locked in on the thing where you laugh because something is awesome, not because it's funny. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Which is good because I would have been alone in the theater just going <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> but like, dude, the bus scene was the coolest introduction to Shang-Chi's skills that we could have yeah. possibly had. The tone, the song that they chose. I mean, it was like… As soon as everything started on that bus, I was just like, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh yeah. man, oh man, oh man. Like, it was sick. And we yes. had a little like single take parkour set inside that yeah. bus scene and the stuff from like window to window. And when she hit, the, when he pulled the thing so she would make the hard turn and flip that bus. Yeah. Which is my favorite part of uh, Extreme Home Makeover when they're yeah, like, yeah. flip that bus. <laughs> yeah. Flip. Dude, it that bus scene had me literally on the edge of my seat. I, I and I was reclining, so I was like four feet forward. <laughs> you were sitting down on the leg part. <laughs> I can't think of something Marvel's done that similar to that, though. Do you know what I mean? Daredevil, like, that's what's so thing great. I can think of. That's, that's what I think, so too. Daredevil or maybe like the elevator scene in The Winter Soldier. But yeah, all of yeah. the combat so far, all the, the choreography has been so fantastical. And a lot of it has been weapons-based. I mean, we have had... Captain America and Black Panther, probably Black Widow, maybe who are the most hand to hand, but even still, they have some gear, right? Totally. Some kind of kit. Yeah, yeah, and it just didn't feel like it. It leaned too far or hardly at all into anything that would be considered gimmick. You know, it's no, like right. if you're going to have a, a 
uh, fantastic martial art fighting like that, you know, it's like, you don't want it to be super slow-mo a lot. Like, you don't want it to just uh, slow everything down and, whoa, oh, that's yeah. so cool. I don't remember that hardly yeah. happening at all. Maybe once when, uh, when Spike ducked. Fist was… Oh, sorry. I just hit the cage right here. Maybe once oh, when, no. like, Spike Spike Fist was, like, cutting a pole or something. Or I don't remember exactly. But, um, I like, I love Super Smash Brothers. Mm. And I am okay at it. I'm not as good as some of my friends. I, I remember the first time I played Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, though, and got mm. thrown into one of those levels that's yeah. like just starts moving. And mm. so that's the sensation I felt when the bus was the setting for all of this. I think that there's totally. a reason it's called the bus fight, and we're not naming it for who is in the fight. Right. Yeah. Like we're not naming the variables that are actually fighting each other. It's yeah. like, hey, it's on a bus in San Francisco. That's terrifying. It's just, it was so good. It reminds yeah. me of not similar looking choreography, but similar um, thoughtfulness to the fight choreography. It reminds me of John Wick in a way. I was wondering um, if we were going to bring up… We left the theater last night. I was like, I wonder if we're going to bring up John Wick or Kingsman in terms of just inventive, thoughtful choreography. Yeah. It, yeah. It, King, Kingsman too a little bit. Um, but to me, it, it's just like how, how John Wick is so intentional with every move. Um, yeah, that's what this completely. felt like. Which I mean, honestly, what that means realistically is that John Wick was more inspired by kung fu movies than anything else because kung fu movies have the market cornered on thoughtful fight choreography for a long time. Um, and this this movie, and and I've even looked a lot on like, kung fu movies were not um, are not something I'm overly familiar with, just like mm -hmm. as a genre. But a lot of the stuff I've looked at online, it seems to me like the consensus is that Marvel made a really great modern kung fu movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to find who our choreographer is for this. Do we know how to… How do you find that on IMDb? It would I'm be an all, sure all cast is, and crew. Uh, I'm pretty sure it is… Dang it. That joke was going to be great. I can't remember the guy who choreographed High School Musical. Never mind. It's Sorry. Kenny Ortega. Kenny, Kenny Ortega. Ortega. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I fight That's choreographer is Kenny Ortega. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Gosh, dang it. Um, so this is this is the MCU's twenty fifth installment. Okay, twenty fifth movie, yeah. and and it just gets me choked up thinking about. It. Um, so saying like this is the first time that we've seen kind of like this martial arts lean in vibe. The fun thing about the MCU, and we'll sing its praises all day long because it gives us no reason not to. And at this point, it would have to do maybe something egregious like five or six times over for me to ever think too differently about it because sure. of how long it's history. But anyways, all that to say, you can throw in a movie like this, but somehow f it still fits, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Did y'all catch Did y'all catch that vibe at all? It still felt like I can't wait to see him with well, Captain sure. Marvel. Yeah, right. Whenever, whenever he's Bruce flying Banner. on a dragon at the very end, it didn't feel out of place for a, about 20 minutes later to see him talking to Mark Ruffalo and Wong yeah. and Brie Larson, right? Hey, yeah. can we talk about that scene? I know we're jumping around here, but… Sure, Can we yeah. talk about that scene real quick? Mark look old. Mark look old. Mark, Mark though. Mark, not hey, Hulk, no Mark more. Mark, not Hulk, though. Not Hulk. I'm wondering. His arm. Is the I'm wondering, sling from well, his, the snap, maybe? The sling is from the snap, yeah. But it's Hulk's been years a, at this point, right? No. No, this is 2024. Oh. They snapped him back at, like, the end of 2023, I think. Okay. Maybe beginning of 2024. But uh, I'm wondering if… So, in the comics, She-Hulk receives her power… Because she uh, needs a blood transfusion. The only blood match is Bruce, her cousin. And I'm wondering if he gave her all his Hulk juice. Interesting. And he not Hulk anymore. 
or at least gave her his gave her his smart Hulk juice, and so he's just grumpy, grunty, angry Hulk now. Um, speaking of bouncing around, there's somebody I'd <clears throat> like to spend a little bit of time talking about, if that's okay, um, with mm-hmm. yeah. with my boys. Yeah. And that person is Aquafina. Aquafina was almost my super pump for this movie. She, I've never had a faster, harder turnaround on somebody. The first time I ever saw her um, or like was familiar with her at all was uh, she was the host of SNL a few years back. Yeah. And I just thought she was okay. I was like, I don't know who this girl is. I don't think she's that funny. She's kind of obnoxious. Um, it, it was very similar to me with um, Tiffany Haddish where I just like didn't know her. I didn't know what to expect. And I, I just like her style of humor was like loud, I thought. And I was like, not interested. Turns out I was wrong about both of them. And yeah. I learned it very quickly <laughs> with both of them. But specifically with Aquafina, like, I don't know. Shout have you guys seen The Farewell? Uh, Shout out to my box office ball team. Word. Oh, you do have Aquafina, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, if y'all haven't seen The Farewell… I haven't. You should watch it. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen her in quite a few things now. And she's just always good. And she, she has a lot of really, range. really, good in this. Yeah. Really she good really does have a lot of range, she is right? She think- as one note as you would feel like she is based on like her general vibe as a person. Yeah. Well, when you hear her, like when you hear her speak for the first time… Yep. Which, in a uniqueness of someone I've never heard before, you can't help but think like, oh, she's going to lean on this. Like, this is all she'll be. It's just the way that she talks. Like yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait or something. You know, it's like… <laughs> <clears throat> it's like, yeah, this is going to be Aquafina. Aquafina today's Bobcat Goldthwait. Mm, she's better. Discuss. <laughs> mm, discuss. <laughs> she's mm. better. Yeah, but… Um, Please respond their, to my question and answer Their dynamic is good. Can I, can I give you guys a hope here? Please. I think they went ahead and mentioned it from… Uh, Aquafina's character's ama to like be like, hey, why why aren't y'all together? Asking Shang like, why aren't why aren't you and Katie together? And he's like, we're just friends. I hope they stay friends. I do too. Okay? I do too. Like I think they just need to. I think Marvel needs to not have them be a love interest. I agree at all. And luckily, it felt like for me because I was really kind of I think tuned into that dynamic because of how much I was hoping they would just be friends. It felt like that's what they were. It felt like that's what it was. From beginning to mm. end, is we just had a good close friendship. I agree, <clears throat> and it's even yeah. it's even um, you know because we do have like a buddy cop film essentially with Captain Marvel between Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson, but that one was already an assumption, right? It was just like sure. it felt like their ages were kind of different, and I don't think there's going to be anything there. We've seen enough of Nick Fury to know that he didn't have that kind of a connection, maybe. Right. And but but this is great. This is great. I hope it stays friends, and it made it. There was a certain realism to me to go ahead and have her like shoot a bow and like have a moment. I think that was good for her narrative for the character. I think it was good for her narrative to be able to like actually have something to do and contribute. Yes. Sure, I agree. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about my super dump though. <clears throat> my super dump is that uh, <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up that Katie picked up a bow for the first time and saved the day by nailing like a quarter mile shot through the throat <laughs> of a mystical dragon on her first day with a bow and arrow. Yeah. I hate that. Um, it's tough. I, I don't hate it, but I get it. I really, really don't like that. I don't like that this movie ends theoretically differently if a beginner isn't able to nail that shot. It's a little jar jar, right? Yeah. yeah. Just kind of lucked into it. It is. Look, I, I think the entire ending fight could have been a CGI cluster and could have been really awful, but it was visually stunning and so much fun to watch. So I hate that my super dump is in that fight. Um, but I, man, it is like, 
the thorn in the side of this movie to me. I can't stop thinking about how much of a bummer. I don't mind it. Oh, in fact, I love that, like you're saying, she had something to do, that she wanted to help, that she learned to shoot this bow and that she was contributing in the end. But the fact that her arrow is what lets them beat the big bad is tough to me. Yeah. Yeah, in talking about Katie's character, I hope it's not a continued Jar Jar. I hope it doesn't Same. lean in too much to that. And look, I love the content of Katie's character. I love that sounds like I'm talking about like her as a person. I love the content sure, yeah. of her heart. No, I love I, I love the <laughs> That's writing I have of a her dream, character. right? Uh-huh. Yes. I love the content of her character. I love Aquafina's performance. I think Katie's great. I hope she sticks around. I just hope that she is not this like ringer in every situation. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, she feels like um almost like a happy but maybe with a little bit more to do with I don't know. Dynamic? I'm not sure. I also don't. I don't want to just assume she's like a pepper or something. Just I don't know like, why. Because she's a girl. Because she's a girl, Carter. <laughs> I said happy first, bro. Chill. No, it's but, because he doesn't want her to go start selling goop. Goop. I will say having Aquafina in the MCU is something that I'm way more excited about at the end of this movie than I thought I would be. Yep. Yeah. Me too. I want to see her meet Thor. I want to see yes. her meet. I want to see Aquafina meet everybody. I want so to see perhaps, her sing karaoke with all of the Avengers. And so love the karaoke bit. Love the yes. Maybe she's the true and better Darcy. Then, if we feel that way about her, like oh, it would After be funny to watch her. I got meet. Darcy no is the true and better Darcy. Ah, that's I true. Got zero qualms. That's true. Darcy. New, Neo Neo Darcy is much improved. She's, she took her back to formula. Way better. <laughs> Same great talk, taste, low calories. Can we talk about our lead? Oh, of course. I have I have full confidence in in Simulu. Yes. Hundred like. I, I think he is. How much of his own stunts is this boy doing? Because he looks like he's doing. He looks almost like he's everything. doing everything. He's just incredibly charming. So charming. Yeah, he's wonderful. But he's like different. I think they've done a pretty good job, and it feels like Shang Chi might have a role. Not necessarily. It, it feels like there's some weight in terms of like uh, if we had a leadership like flowchart, right? It's like Cap and Iron Man are the leaders. Yeah. So we also have like Captain Marvel is kind of got some leadership roles here. It feels like there's a lot being put on Peter Parker's Bruce. shoulders. Bruce, it seems like it's going to take a role of like, yeah. Why? And so it 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 feels like Shang might be middle higher tier maybe in terms of leadership role. It's it's interesting to think about the the dynamic of them as like a company. I know of the Avengers, but Dude, I my think guess he's, is for a little bit, a him fit. and Peter are going to be at about the same level because he's a little bit older than Peter, and I, I'd be interested to see the two of them interact because I think they would have a lot I, of fun. So I want to see them Lou fight actually. Together. He wants to see them interact. He wants to do a, a Spider Island story with Tom Holland, which would be super. I'm down. Super fun. Look, I'm yeah. down. It would be so great together. Uh, yeah, he's um, all that to say. Our actor did a great job of helping give the momentum for this new character that's going to be because we know the MCU vibe. We know like if you see someone for the first time, you're probably going to see them six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine more times. Yeah, I'm fine with the dynamic. I get excited at the end of the movie of what his dynamic will be with the rest of the crew. Simu Not has- only in just talking, but like fighting. I can't wait to see yeah. Shang Chi fight. Now that he's got some the rings, of our especially. Oh my. Let's talk about the rings in two seconds. I just want to say one more thing on Simu, which is my dude's voice, he's got a voice on him. (laughs) Like, yeah. His speaking voice is so, like, every word I was like, yeah, it's butter. It's so smooth and tasty. I love it. (laughs) It is so good. (laughs) He's got a great speaking voice. I guess I didn't really pay a lot of attention to 
his voice in the trailers, but when he first started talking in the movie while they were at the also the the fancy car bit when it zooms out and yeah, that's really good. Um, I'm also I realize I'm incapable of seeing two valet people standing next to each other without thinking of Key and Peele. Yeah, mm, yeah, not possible. Michelle, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer's. Yes. <laughs> Can we talk about the Ten Rings? Let's talk about the Ten Rings. Yes, weapon. please. Yes, please. Um, so sick. <laughs> Hot uh, take. Virtually a complete invention for this movie. Right. And a smart one yeah. too. Completely. I. It's fun to see the rings do about fifteen different things and feel like you haven't seen half of it. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Um, I feel like the rings are my favorite weapon in the MCU right now. Ooh. Interesting. So somewhere let's, let's up there talk, with Mjolnir. Let's talk power rankings here because I'm thinking I'm watching the Ten Rings and I'm thinking as far as like what famous weapons that the the good guys have it's only in the MCU. Third place to me is the Iron Man suit. I'm thinking I would say second place right now. It seems like are the rings, and first place is I'm gonna say Stormbreaker Mjolnir combo deal. Yeah, just together they fulfill the same role, but. Yeah, but I'm wondering how much of Stormbreaker Mjolnir is because of who's holding them. Yeah, it I seems mean, so, like the ten so, rings. Yeah, maybe more user friendly. Yeah, there's a le- it's a more gradual learning curve. I love that they gave us a tease of he was basically about to do a Kamehameha yeah. on his dad to like kill him. I was I kind of wanted it because I wanted to see what kind of power output that move had. Uh, yeah, and then it didn't happen, and I was like, okay, narratively. Good job, but that oh, that sucks. But then Katie <laughs> calls it out by happen? name. Yeah. Katie, Katie's like, he's oh, yeah. man, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. they're great, and I think you know we've already talked a little bit about our our uh, mid credit tease, and it feels like they're alive, right? Like they're calling to something. Sure. That was probably think, of all I the think question that's marks. A, an Eternals Tell tease. So right. yeah, let's, let's, I think let's they've get into been. That. They've been on Earth for thousands of years. They're basically calling to the Celestials to come harvest. But why? That's my question. Why? Did the Celestials put the homing beacon in it? Why are they just now calling them? I literally just finished like a week ago reading 2001, A Space Odyssey. Mm -hmm. And so all of my thoughts are about, oh, well, they're coming to harvest. Yeah, it's a beacon. It's (laughs) like the the monolith right so yeah. who knows but i th- i really think that come eternals we're going to get more answers about that i bet that simulu and aquafina are in a post credit scene in eternals yeah i just uh, i guess for me and i'm not saying i think it's flimsy i think it could be flimsy unless we have a compelling reason why they put a beacon in the ten rings and why they're only just now calling to something well maybe they've been calling the whole time I guess nobody really inspected them until yeah. now. Well, because dad didn't use them for a long time. Yeah, right? but After in the grand scheme of a celestial. I mean, I guess he stopped using it in 1996. <clears throat> yeah, like that's not. Well, maybe it, it also could be the way that Shang activated them because they're a different color. They're, they all together they're look different now. when yeah. he has them. So it could be once they became My old. question was going to be, could this be because of the multiverse? Explain maybe. that. I mean… Sure. I think that's a question we can ask for anything in the yeah. MCU right now. <laughs> I know. And 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 I think we're going to have to start asking it a lot. Um, mm. I hope not to the point of confusion. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, <laughs> could could the Celestials be coming from like a dimension full of Celestials? And it's sort of like an interstellar thing where they can travel four dimensions. 
And because the multiverse has been opened, the rings have like a clear shot. Like you, you move your Wi-Fi ride router out of the closet, and now you have better connection. Like we we bumped some some multiversal boundaries out of the way, and now the rings have a clear shot to the celestials, kind of a thing. Yeah, I think that would be a significant departure from the celestials of the comics. But I mean, with this movie, Marvel MCU has, has proven we're willing to do significant departures from the comic source material to. Sure to make it good. And I think that's actually probably one of the strengths of this movie. If the fighting wasn't so fun to watch, I think that would have been my super pump. Yeah. About like, hey, like we have completely, I feel as a, you know, straight white guy, I feel that we've completely sidestepped the racist past of Shang-Chi in the comics. Uh, His parentage, his father is a pretty awful stereotype in the comics. And we've also sidestepped the racism inherent in a character called the Mandarin who exists only as a mysterious Eastern foil to Iron Man, (laughs) our very Western tech billionaire. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and just the way that we've crafted a thoughtful narrative around those folks, these rings uh, in the comics, the magic rings belong to a dragon called Fin Fang Foom, which is really, really rough. Uh, and they're like they're like sized for human fingers, but just the way we've completely reinvented these rings, mm-hmm. completely reinvented Shang Chi's backstory and family story. Uh, I'm down. I think, yeah, it's awesome. It's to me like that is the the greatest departure from comics that the MCU could have done here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and our representation of uh, Win Wu, so our, our Tony Long. Yeah, uh, his history in cinema is. I mean, this is like if. Clooney, right? Like made a Bollywood movie. Like it's right. like this. This guy is like this is. I didn't even know this was his first American film, and actually the first time that he has spoken in English in a film, even though he's really? he's fluent in it. He feels like he's just someone that that we've had before, you yeah. know. But he was he was phenomenal, and he really carried the weight there. They gave him pretty pretty much full creative ability in the creation of the backstory of his character. That's uh, cool. And he chose him to be, you know, maniacal and narcissistic and power mongering and stuff, but also a family man. And I think he pulled that off. I think he did a great job. I because think he he's a really human. Good job. Like he's, he's fully three-dimensional. He's not one note. Marvel's had a, a villain problem for a really long time of making super duper one note. And I think at its worst, we've got the old man in the red room in Black Widow a couple of months ago. Yeah, right. And then I think on the other side of the coin, we have the villains kind of more like Thanos, more like Wenwu, who are like, I understand you. You're three-dimensional. I I feel like you want things other than just to fight the hero. You got to be able to get where they're coming from, at least yeah. to an extent. Yeah. I have I have a lot to say about Wenwu and about Tony Lung, but um, before we do any of that, um, and we need to talk about uh, Shang's sister as well. But before There's we- There's a lot to talk about. Before we yeah. get to any of that, we do have to go to shout outs once. Welcome to Shout Announcements. <laughs> that was a was a weird way to say that. Yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> Let me try again. <clears throat> Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's much better. Welcome to Shout Announcements, yeah. the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Shout out to me for that weird way of talking. Announcement to me for my turn to say the announcement. And the announcement that I'm going to say is this. Our fourth birthday is coming up very soon. Uh, we're going to be able to do lots of cool things. Finger paint. Uh, prop- Finger paint, probably tie shoes. We got out. some granimals that we're going to be fully capable of matching. But the main thing that we're excited about is that for our birthday, you, our beautiful listeners, have promised us 
that you'll get us to 300 reviews on iTunes. And you may be listening to this saying, I don't remember making that promise. Well, when one of you promises something, we we count it mm-hmm. as coming mm-hmm. from all of you. Mm-hmm. And we yeah, have had at least one promise from that. So the way you can help us out there is you can go to the iTunes store. You can search up Two Chunks and a Hunk. You should already be subscribed. But if you're not, go ahead and hit that subscribe button while you're there. And then... Drop us a rating and a review. Five stars is awesome. We like five stars, but we also like Love four five. or three. We like you to be honest, mostly. Then you can write one or two sentences about what we mean to you, how influential we've been in your life, all the decisions that you've made because of us. Yeah. Just really, really, uh, really feed our ego and go leave those reviews if you don't mind. Also, if you don't mind, we do have Patreon. So Patreon. if you want to dive in a little deeper... We have uh, just for small amounts, small amounts of monies. I've been watching too much, uh, too much Letter Kenny. <laughs> small amounts. Um, we have a three dollar tier, which is going to give you an extra vote. Which we do have a series coming up uh, in the next few months to where that extra vote will uh, count for a lot. And we've said it every time we talk about the extra vote. That ended up being like one of the first perks we ever did for Patreon, only to find that it ends up being one of the most influential big time perks that you can have. We've had uh, entire. Uh, series changes based on what that extra vote was getting you. And so you'll have that. And then you have access to our very special Patreon episodes, one that we mentioned earlier in this episode uh, with the Enchanted that we had, that was fun that we did during our, one of our Summer of Loves uh, with our wives, which was a good time talking about a chipmunk we loved so much. We also have Back to the Future that we're currently doing, kind of rebranding Patreon a little bit to just go through and do some series that we don't know would ever hit our calendar for the Tuesday episode. Speaking of calendars, kind of, we, we are recording Back to the Future Part 2 a week from yesterday. Mm-hmm. A week so from yesterday. that'll be coming your way real soon. Be on the lookout. Again, I haven't seen any of the movies from that series. Well, I've seen the first one now, but now we're on to <laughs> number so. two. <laughs> I feel like this one's like in the West or Wild West or something, or is that like a... I don't know. I, f- I don't know. I feel like all sequels are in the Wild West. Sure. Um, and uh, lastly, our $5 tier is that Discord channel, which is, I mean, it's the inner circle. It's like you got an invite to that, that fight club that we had uh, of Shang's sister that she put together. So you can, you can walk in and just all of a sudden you can just see Abomination out of nowhere just doing his thing. So $5 is special. Uh, and you could probably be like, you know what? I'm not going to spend that anymore on the McGriddle on a Tuesday morning. I don't have to have a McGriddle every morning of every, every weekday. You probably shouldn't just skip actually. a day. You really, it probably would hurt your insides. But Patreon, give it a look. Give us a little extra support if you're willing, please. Uh, what did two bank robbers say when they bump into each other on the street? Oops. You bump, you bumped your stolen money into my stolen money. Now they're mixed up. Who's stole whose money? You got your chocolate in my mine? peanut butter. No. What they say is, hey man, heist to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Our new series, Heist to Meet You, where we are hitting... <laughs> Three heist movies in a row coming at you next week. Bangers. What are we talking about? We're each bringing our own heist movie, our own flavor. We get one each. And uh, we're starting with mine, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, the movie I'm bringing to the table, for me, there was only one. Uh, let me back up. I love well, heist this is kind of a This is kind of a like… like uh, Criterion collection kind of like people not a lot of people know about it. Yeah, it's sort of an underground movie. Not a lot of people have ever heard of it. No, when when we talked about heist movies, there was only one option to me. I love heist movies. And if I'm only getting to bring one, it's easy because it's Ocean's Eleven. The George Clooney one, not the Rat Pack one. I haven't seen the first 10. You'll be okay. They they do like okay. a they do like a 45 minute <laughs> like a recap. recap at the beginning. So you'll be I'll right. watch some YouTube videos. If y'all haven't seen Ocean's Eleven, I know Doge hasn't seen Ocean's Eleven, and I'm so 
freaking pumped. I've about been looking for the movie. first ten. I couldn't find Oceans or Oceans Two or Oceans Three on DVD. Wait, is he, are we serious? <clears throat> we talked you about seen Oceans Eleven. Yeah, we talked about this. I don't remember this. talking about this. Yeah, we talked about this. Oh wow. Um, I don't listen, think I don't think Doge has up to you guys a lot. any of the three movies in our. Oh, heist. I have seen one of the three movies in we, this series. Oh, that's right. That's I think true. it's I'm gonna, just let's now. Let's hang on to that one. I don't want to tell. It's just now becoming more clear. Like Doge really isn't a movie guy. Yeah, no, I haven't seen very many movies. I'm realizing. Um, so yeah, go ahead and watch Ocean's Eleven before the next episode. And honestly, go ahead and watch Ocean's Eleven every day because it's the best. I love it so much. Wow. wow. And now, like we say every week, it's time to set aside the podcast for just a moment. Put it in the drawer beside your podcast table and let's all turn our attention to this ad. You don't have to put it in a drawer. Just put it in neutral. Just put the podcast in neutral. Coast <laughs> through this ad. We'll be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I want to talk about Winwoo a little more in depth. Oh, because uh, Tony Lung is my uh, super pump for this movie. Oh, okay. Ooh. My dude is so good. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. This, at this is the first thing I've ever seen him in, and I want to watch his entire filmography. He is incredible. He is up there. So I think my Mount Rushmore. Of hey, you MCU saw his films. number two credit, right? I did not look at his number two credit. Oh wow! Okay, Infernal Affairs. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. original, The Departed. Wow. Oh, interesting. Very cool. Makes sense. He rules. Yeah. Um, first of all, let's get let's get this out of the way. My dude's a 10. He's a handsome gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, completely. Can't believe he's not plastered all over everything. So there's that. Number two, my Mount Rushmore of MCU villains, the more I'm thinking about it, I think has to be Thanos, Killmonger. Um, mm, let me see. Probably Vulture. Hella. I Hella would be up there. Man, uh, what I'm realizing is that Marvel is getting villains right more often now than they ever have. Yeah. I would say the, really last, turned it around recently. the last five years have been so strong for MCU villains. And I think it's because they've realized that making them personal, re- relatable, and not fully inherently evil all the time makes them so much more interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. like… Thanos, obviously, we've had plenty of conversations about, and we can sort of see where he's coming from, and it's awful and horrible, but we get to see into his mind a little bit. Um, Hela is just Kate Blanchett chewing and munching on every piece of scenery, and she's fantastic. Um, yeah. You have Michael Keaton's Vulture, who um, was unlike anything we had seen up to that point in the MCU. Um, the scene in the car I'll never forget. It's so perfect. Um, Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, just... M- arguably the best villain in the MCU because he is hardly a villain almost at all. Like where he's coming from is, is tough and brutal, but he is so, so tough. smart. Yeah. And so, I don't know, man, but then we get Winwu, who is just a man desperate to find his wife again. I mean, obviously he's also yeah. like a warlord and like thousands of years old, thousands of years old and like has done some pretty horrible stuff. But ultimately, in this movie, the version of Winwoo we get is a dad who I believe loves his children 
and has just been completely devastated and reversed all of the positive life change he went through because yeah. of the death of his wife. And yeah. I don't for a second doubt that he truly believes he's rescuing his wife here. Right. And when he, I love that he, he gives himself up rather than Chung Chi having to kill his dad. Like, I love that he gives himself up. I don't know, man. He's just, I, when I'm thinking about this movie, other than the fighting, I'm thinking about Tony Lung. Yeah. And we had, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing up kind of the substance of some of the characters. And we've tried to do that throughout, but I definitely don't want the listener to think that we talk so much or at least I personally talk so much about the fighting. I don't want that to take away from, I really do think this was a pretty good narrative. Totally. Oh, yeah. It was well well acted. Totally. This was on all pieces. It was just kind of a new experience. But yes, Jordan, I agree with everything that you're saying. And he was very much close to being my super pump. Um, he wasn't because of what I am just going to call probably the most metal super pump I've ever had. But I'm just going to call it the death blow. Um the how he kills this kaiju like <laughs> yeah the final kaiju fight Wait, and him basically pump, didn't you super pump the fighting 50% the it was, he said uh, it was 50% that was 50% of, of it yeah okay and this you is said like, 50% of your cards i thought you meant your that was your super pump card your super dump cards coming later oh no 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 the other half of my super oh, pump okay. is the death blow is the falling from the sky mm-hmm. doing your naruto like doing your shang chi moves on the way down to just explode, obliterate, yeah. yeah, this massive thing while this dragon is helping you fight. I don't know. It was the whole final kaiju scene at, after the movie. I looked at Jordan and I was like, I think this kaiju fight was better than Godzilla versus Kong. There are many things better than Godzilla versus Kong, <laughs> <laughs> but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. But yeah, that's my super pump. My super dump is just the pace of this hidden world. Like, I think, I, I love, more. I love the lore behind it. I actually really like the forest maze yeah. that you have to just time yeah. it perfectly to jump in there. Um, but I think once we got in, I would have rather them got there earlier. I wouldn't have even minded like a month later. Yeah. Like just a little text that said, hey, they've been, they've there been a here a while. Yeah. Um, it's just, it does feel like, and this happens in, a lot of movies, a lot of blockbuster movies, a lot of Marvel movies, it feels like the pace really picks up really fast in the last 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. And um, it's not as much as I would love to just get to know uh, this hidden kingdom better, which I would, but it's it's just a, uh, it's completely different and it happens, it happens too quick for me. I agree. I think there's an element of that, that kind of hidden world, this big bombastic fantasy movie third act that, is really fun and really good, but oh, it's tricky because I do like it, but it is my super dump. Okay. The sort of the sort of third act that we pivot full on into Narnia by the yeah. end of this movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's I don't know that the movie really earns that level of complete wildness at sure. the end where we can watch yeah. these little Cthulhu dementors grab people's rainbow <laughs> iridescent souls out of their mouths and give it to the big soul eater. That's like a little a little wild, right? That's yeah. kind of crazy for <laughs> this movie. You describe it just now sounds so cool though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cool, but that's not like, that's, that's really- not first, That's not the first two thirds of this movie. Right. That's yeah. that's I, 30% of this movie is I'm that. And, yeah. and I don't know, I end up leaving with questions that yeah. they don't really fill in many gaps. And so I'm left to fill in 
gaps about this fantasy world with other fantasy worlds that I've been a part of. And so now I'm wondering, can anybody die in real life since the the soul eater, whatever happens in, I guess, hell on the other side of that dragon scale <laughs> portal, like doesn't exist anymore. Like what does that mean spiritually for these folks? Can they die? Do they no longer have soul? Like it's just, yeah. Yeah. There's a, a can of Cthulhu's <laughs> that was, it opens here I at the end. I was expecting the door to be, the dragon curled up inside the mountain and that it was going to move and we were going to see the door like slither up. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that yeah. the door was not a door, but was the dragon like nesting inside the mountain to keep those things at bay. Um, so when it was just a door, I was a little bummed. Um, but I, I think, and I don't really know, I don't really know how to describe it other than like almost exhaustion with the concept, but just sort of in that same vein, how many shadow organizations that influence world yeah, politics for, for all real. of human history are we going to bump into in the MCU? For real. The Ten Rings, Hydra. The Widows. Uh, the Widows. Um, if you include the Netflix shows, you have The Hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that stuff going on. <sighs> yeah. It is a lot. I uh, When they first got into that world, when, when they first make it on the other side of the forest or, or, or like through the waterfall which the the special effects were great. Oh, that was cool. Uh, when we first get there, I had a moment because we got introduced to two character, two creatures right off the bat. And honestly, with the massive power that Disney has in the world, I was like, did they buy Pokemon? Did they buy Pokemon? Because it was their nine tails, <laughs> right? This actually happening. Yeah. There was like a Moltres flyby. There was like an, <laughs> and a little nine tails right there. I was like, ooh, wow. But I, 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 how did y'all feel about the character design or the the creature designs of some of these? Uh, Morris plushies gonna sell like hotcakes. Yeah, I yeah, was thinking real. that too. Morris be is the new baby Disney Yoda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Morris is cute. I liked Morris. How do we how, how do we feel about Ben Kingsley? Oh, I was just about to God. say, how on earth is Ben Kingsley being back? Not something we've already talked about. I and know. also, how on earth is Ben Kingsley celebrated, decorated actor Ben <laughs> Kingsley? The goofy comic relief for the back half of this movie. And actually funny. He's and actually so really funny. Was a very hey, let's just, funny. Let's, open, let's broaden this conversation real quick. Just the humor in this movie in general. Sweet spot. Yeah, Marvel sweet yeah. spot right here. Um, I would yeah, say it's The revisiting so- of the date or the uh, yes. being with their friends at the bar talking about their day. <laughs> I think they got a little Guardians of the Galaxy for a while. A little bit like, well, really? that worked so good in Guardians of the Galaxy. Everything should be that goofy. And we should undercut all heroic moments with a joke immediately after so people know we're not taking it seriously. Gotcha. This felt a lot better. Oh, I thought you meant this movie did that. No, 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 like, no. Interesting. I didn't feel this that. Felt, this felt much better. I think Agreed. for a couple of years, it was really the, the span between Guardians 1 and Guardians 2, 2014 yeah, yeah, yeah. to 2017 or so. If this movie was, if if they did not lampshade the um, Hotel California joke earlier, I would have hated that moment. But because yeah. they... They talked about it earlier. When she's saying it, I lost it. It's mm. so funny, dude. It's a three beat. Establish, oh, reinforce, the and then subvert. Yeah. Yep. With them and Wong. To have them do it with Wong. Yeah, I, I I, think that between that kind of stuff and Ben Kingsley and we keep Aquafina around as this fish out of water in a world she doesn't understand so that we have this sort of analog to go like, yes, thank yeah. you for being confused. Um, it's so great, but specifically with Ben Kingsley, his faking dead thing, his introduction as who he is as an actor, and like his explanation of 
I am being the Mandarin among, and not being the Mandarin. Yeah, I am among the minority that really, really liked the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3. Mm. Uh, and so seeing him back again was so great. I was laughing out loud, audibly laughing, when he was explaining how Planet of the Apes was his inspiration to begin oh my, acting. Yes. Same. Oh yes. my goodness, that's so well written. The joke so kept well going delivered. and it kept being funny. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Yeah, his character in the MCU has a special place in mine and Chelsea's relationship because the first movie we saw together in theaters was Iron Man 3. Mm. And so it was it felt like another monumental watch because it was like back into. It felt like we're also doing something for the first time of like coming back to yeah. and he's just still there, which <laughs> I just love he holds that much space uh, intimately <laughs> in our movie watching lives but yeah he was he was great and i think that also too was a big like making extra sure that there's like a recognition of like the mcu is old enough now uh, and we've already said this is the 25th installment um that it's going to be able to at least make attempts of correcting some wrongs of maybe what's canon in the comic books but also some wrongs that were even in the movie series yeah. right you have enough time to go back and be like uh yeah like, because this isn't the first time. Unfortunately, I can't think of other references to, to uh, like, specific plot points of other movies besides, like, obviously narrative foundational things that we have to do. But it's not the first time I think we've seen this of, of kind of a going back and being like, oh, that's different. You've changed. Sure. I mean, with Thunderbolt Ross showing up in, in Civil War, with Abomination even showing up in this, yeah. which, by the way— completely screwed me in box office ball. I picked Tim Roth because I wanted to get this movie and Tim Roth is uncredited because we only ever see Big Green Abomination. He was he was like one of the top credits. My dude, he was third build when I did the research for my box office ball team on yeah, IMDb. Absolutely. But the thing is IMDb is is fickle and can change. I'm I'm beginning to think that their uh their listing of people is an unknowable algorithm. Yeah. One of many. Yeah. IMDb is uh, nebulous, fickle, and always going to do the thing that hurts the most. That's what the letters stand for. But I keep coming back. Keep coming back every time. <laughs> no, the, the, the thing that we haven't talked about yet, the character we haven't talked about yet that we absolutely need to is Shang-Chi's sister, Xiaoling. Um, yeah, Xiaoling. Mm -hmm. Dude, I have never heard of… I, I mean, we, we went into Shang-Chi with me barely knowing anything about… This character. Sorry, Shang-Chi. I need to I need to intentionally shift my brain to stop saying Shang-Chi. They specifically say Shang-Chi in the movie. It needs to be Shang-Chi. My Shang whole Chi entire life, out. every comic book I've ever read. It's like it's like when The Hobbit came out and they insisted that it was Smaug, Smaug. the dragon. And I was like, excuse me? I don't actually think that's <laughs> true. Not. But um, it is. Yeah, she is… I'm looking right now for the first time and this is her only role on IMDb. That's pretty wild. Oh, good for you. Not yeah. a bad place to start. Excuse yeah. me? What, what's her deal? Not only that, they've made her the kingpin of an underworld organization. For she real. was the post-credit scene, big time. Wow. Dude, I don't know what her deal is. I have no idea. There's not even any information about who she is on IMDb. She has no trivia. She has She's a mystery. bio. This girl comes out the of The dynamic nowhere. between uh, her and, and Shang and just how tough that was… I think that the core three, because we don't really get to see too much of mom, but the, the core three of that family unit, um, the layers of the hurt that they've given to each other, yeah. I think was really good. And I think yeah, really I important for the, for the movie. I but agree. she did she did a really good job. 
She's she's sort of an invention amalgamation of a couple of characters from the comics. There's there's much of this movie that has invented whole cloth for mm. this. And I I really think that's the right call because Marvel, I mean, the majority of the characters that we know and love from the MCU were written by coked out white guys in the early 70s and late right. 60s. And so we cannot depend on a whole lot of uh, appropriate depictions of anybody other than rich white guys in in those sort of comics. And so it's it's really good to see they're inventing things whole cloth that are much better, I think, than what our alternative was. Sure. Totally. Um, between her and I just gotta say, shout out to my girl Michelle Yeo. Um, she got me my box office ball money and she's yeah. always good. Yeah. It, it, Coming back playing the exact opposite character that we last saw her a couple of weeks ago <laughs> absolutely yeah she truly very kind aquafina's kind of playing the same character yeah. isn't she yeah my friend is a fish out of water in this new world with their family interesting mm. interesting well in crazy rich asians aquafina it's actually her got money yeah that's she's true Aquafina's sort of reverse in this she's a she's a product she's a product of the world that her friend is coming mm. into mm. to an extent okay Wow. So everybody's reversed. It's fine. We can move yeah. on. Yeah. Stop, stop talking about it, man. Just, just get it. That's the most important thing. No, the actual most important thing is, unfortunately, it is time to close out our discussion and rate this movie. Going to miss it. Going to miss talking about it. feel like there's a lot more to say. But for sure. There's the breaks, guys. We're going to rate That's this it. movie using science. Specifically, the scientific cinema scale, which, uh, if I do say so myself, is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it and last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm gonna go first. I'm buying Shang-Chi. This is a first entry into the MCU that is on par with Black Panther for a first entry into the MCU, which was like just about as good as you could hope for coming into something so well-established. Similar concept of like a hidden yeah, world on Earth that, that nobody knows about. Um, and it is just a blast to watch, but also carries enough like far-reaching implications for the rest of the MCU that it keeps me wanting to go back and like re-watch and catch things which is the, the sweet spot for an MCU movie for me. Standing Alone is a great movie, but also affecting the world around it enough to that remain interesting. That Fight Club has mm-hmm. tons of little Easter eggs too, mm-hmm. to remind you it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Yep. Apparently there's a widow in there. Uh-huh. There's an extremist soldier fighting a widow. Missed that. Yep. Yep. I caught it last night when I saw it, but you know, not everybody can get these eagle peepers. I <laughs> am also going to buy Shang-Chi. Um, I can't, I was just trying to think while we were recording. I mean, Marvel really hasn't introduced many new solo characters recently. I mean, we've got Black Panther and Captain Marvel, but mostly it's been sequels uh, or spinoffs. And I can see in Shang-Chi learning from both of those films. I think this is the best solo hero introduction that that we've ever done in the MCU. Hmm. Wow. That's awesome. High praise. I, I'm I'm going to buy it as well. Um, and I just think one of the most encouraging things for me for the MCU as a whole, as like as as just one unit, is that it feels like they're learning, right? It, uh, Shang-Chi was like a microcosm, like representation of like, we're not going to do this from the past because like there were literal offensive things, but 
I think from their own history of these 24 movies before it, it's kind of picking up. You know, you can tell the people that have been a part of uh, making the dish from like the very first movie, there's still some of that vibe that is still here for the 25th. Even though it's, you know, different directors, completely different mm-hmm. casts. Like there was nobody that we recognized in here except for like Wong yeah. uh, and Abomination. And so I, I think it's fun. I think it's such a flex to be able to use even minor characters. I feel like the cast now of people that we would be able to recognize a name of like the normal moviegoer is close to 100. Yeah. Uh, within 25 movies of the MCU. And yeah, it's very, very exciting to have something new. I've, I kind of had to… Did anyone else feel like they had to kind of put a governor on in terms of making sure you're not just getting the hype of the new phase, right? I didn't want to overrate this, but I really, really tempered enough to where I think this is a legitimate buy. And I think think we all agree. Yeah. I think that governor's fully in place because all of us did not enjoy Black Widow. Yeah, I enjoyed Black Widow. It's just as much as I wanted to. All of us were like, yeah, it's fine. Can I… Ask this question, 25 movies into the MCU, can you see us hitting 50 movies eventually? Yes. You think yes. it's going to get there? Yeah. Sure. Easy. Yeah. I think so yeah. too. Absolutely. Which is crazy. I don't know. It. I mean, they're doing four a year. So six years from now, we'll hit that. Yeah. I guess that's true. It's a good point. The 50th MCU would probably be during uh, Two Chunks' 10th anniversary. Wow. Yeah. Wow, beautiful. And we're going to be in it. That's the MCU. We're going to step out of a a portal right there. That's the year that we devote an entire 52-week calendar year to rewatch the entire MCU. Oof. You heard it here first, listeners. If you can get us to 300 reviews (laughs) by October 10th, (laughs) then we promise to do on the 52nd MCU movie, we'll do a full year of it. It'll be you great. just better hope nothing else. No we'll Batmans or James Bonds come out that year because we won't talk about them. And y'all, y'all are clamoring nope. for Bond. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, I. when I'm thinking through, here's, here's the last MCU thing I want to say before we move on to the end. I think the Eternals right now carries the most potential for, in, the, in a theater setting, not like Loki in, um, on Disney+, Plus, but in a theater setting, I think right now the Eternals carries the most immediate um, MCU busting it wide open potential of anything that's currently on the docket besides maybe mm. Multiverse of Madness. Not not Spider-Man featuring Sam Raimi's Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's going to bust things open too, but that, to me, that feels similar to, or that feels like a ripple effect of Loki. Mm. I'm talking about, I think Eternals is going to give us even more new something stuff new. to be thinking Start about. something yes. new. Yeah, Correct. got it. So I'm we're back to something new. We're back to High School Musical. That's two references. The start of something new. Thanks, Kenny. Um, don't forget, Heist to Meet You starts next week with my pick. Yes. Ocean's Eleven, the Clooney one, not the Rat Pack one. Watch it. It's going to be great. Also on Patreon, Back to the Future 2 is coming at you hot and fast. So be prepared Very soon. for that. Um, we want you on the Discord. You. Yes, you. If you're already in the Discord, then we're glad you're there. And if you're not… Then we still want you there. Yeah, if you're already in it, we still want you there. But if you're not, we want you in the Discord. We love the Discord. Please, please join us. Give us this one Discord. Join us. To end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to say our name. And what what part of our life we'd want Kenny Ortega to choreograph. You know what? What part of our life… I'd like for each of us to say our name and what part of our life we would like Kenny Ortega to choreograph. (laughs) I was going to say what our dragon armor would be. This would look like. But Kenny Ortega better. Yeah, Oh, sure. Kenny Ortega better. Kenny Ortega better. Tell me Kenny Ortega (laughs) truth. 
I'm Jordan for Two Chunks. And I would love for Kenny Ortega to choreograph my morning getting ready routine. I feel like I could optimize it so much if I didn't waste movement. And Kenny Ortega, one thing I know about Kenny, he doesn't waste an ounce of movement. Every every fine motor function has a A master of kineticism. I mean, look, look at get your head in the game. Look wow. at um, start up something new. Look at we're <laughs> wow. this together. Kenny knows wow. how to get the most out of his movement. And I would just love… Uh, also, Shang, Shang-Chi. I know we just yeah, reviewed also, it. Yes. Also, he choreographed this. He did also yeah. choreograph Shang-Chi. I would love for him to choreograph, you know, the, the dance, as I call it, from the bed to the teeth brush, to the hair mm-hmm. fix, to the clothes put on, to the shoes, to the out the door. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Work on that for three, four years and get back to me and we'll… Well, I work from home, so I don't have one of those. So I'm Doge and Kenny Ortega. There's a specific moment in my life that I would like him to choreograph. And it is that on the way here to Amarillo, where I am recording right now, I did have to pack my microphone uh, and mm-hmm. take it through airport security with me. Have you guys been to airport security? It's nuts. They make you take your shoes off. Anyway, they ran my backpack through the conveyor belt and they could not tell what the microphone was. Mm-hmm. Had to call several folks over. Mm-hmm. And I want Kenny Ortega to choreograph that moment. The confusion, like a confusion dance and then a fight dance about, I promise it's not a weapon, it's a microphone. My weapons are my words, I think is what we could say probably. Sure. Uh, but a fight dance and then a resolution dance and then dance onto the plane mm-hmm. and then dance while I'm flying and then dance here, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think would be a good Kenny Ortega dance for him to teach me. Dude, I wish Kenny Ortega <laughs> would have choreographed you uh, using that moment as a free advertisement for our podcast. Just like, oh, sorry, it's a microphone for the podcast I host? <laughs> it's called Two Chunks and a Hunk. We're available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> I'll see. Maybe I, can get, maybe I can get it caught again by security. I'll wrap it in like tinfoil or something, make it look real suspicious. Also, an airport is the best place to advertise a podcast. You can be like, you can actually, you probably have time to download a couple episodes before your flight and you can listen to us and see if you like us. So yeah, I, I would love for you to choreograph that. Kenny could help me out. I'm Kenny. I'm Carter. And it's my turn to have Kenny, please. Y'all have <laughs> used fine. him up. It's my fine. Kenny and I he's need probably it now. Ex- he's, I'm done he's probably exhausted by the time he gets to me because he's just danced all the way to Amarillo. <laughs> but I'm Carter and I I just think Kenny Ortega chore choreography. Ooh. Nice. Like I'm doing my chores around the house. Spelling and it's something that would that be a nice I don't name. I don't hate it. I don't hate cleaning the house, but if if I could make it an event, you know, make it fun, mm. make people that are around Sell me tickets. want to join me. Yeah, I think it'd be great. Just do Sell some chores. I think it could be used at other people's houses too. We're just, we're choring. Choreography. I mean, choring, flying. There's not a star in heaven that you can't reach. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.